The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode. This week is a solo episode, just me, your host, Haley, and the topic is going to be getting ready for clinic, preparing for clinic, kind of how my school has trained us thus far as I'm finishing up my second year of dental school next month, and then I'm starting to see patients the first week of May. So I kind of wanted to reflect on some of the courses we've had, which ones were clinically relevant, which maybe not so much, and then how they've structured our preclinical hands-on training. Just kind of looking back on the things we've done up until this point. So if you're interested in dental school or you want to kind of compare and contrast my experience with yours, this might be an interesting episode to you. But before we get into that, I wanted to do a little catch-up on this past week of school for me. So the most fun thing was, honestly, this weekend, I'm recording this on Sunday, March 27th, but Friday night, we had our ASDA gala, so it was called the Mandible, so a ball gala, but like mandible jawbone, so it was through ASDA, and it turned out pretty well. I think it's the first like big event and first gala that we've had in many, many years, so there was bound to be things that could be better, but I think overall, everyone was happy they came out. It was fun to get dressed up, to get pictures, to see everybody together, but we definitely have things we want to do to make next year's even better. I didn't get to do too much gala-ing during it because I am president of our as a chapter this year. I was mostly got there early to set everything up. I had the help of a couple of the social chairs, my boyfriend, one of the social chairs' boyfriends, and then our vice president came by a little bit into the setup process as well. So we had some help with that. We got everything set up. People started to arrive around 7.45 because the event started at 8, and I got there at 6 to start the setup. So I was there from 6 until it ended at midnight. But from about 7.30 until 9 p.m., I was running the check-in. And then from, not even 9 actually, till 10 p.m., it was like 9.50 that I decided I would stop the check-in. So then I had about an hour, because people left around 11.45, 11.50-ish, since I did say it ended at midnight. So I had about an hour to get pictures with everyone, socialize, dance, all the fun stuff, which was still really nice. I'm glad I got to have a bit of fun, and I know... I'm a second year, about to be third year, but that means I have two galas left. So I wanted to make sure that everyone on board that put in all the effort to planning was still able to actually enjoy the night. So I appreciated everyone's help, but I also was trying to let other people have fun. So that's why I did the check-in for a while and then we stayed till it was over and took down all the decorations, cleaned everything up, and then headed back home but it was still really nice it was just so fun to see everybody together and then that day we also had our oski which i'll talk about in this episode because it's like our exam to see if we're ready for clinic and jumping way back to the beginning of that week nothing too too notable this week i guess it was busy but it's like every week is busy in dental school you've kind of gathered from my intros um i had normal class lectures, um, a call with 
a faculty advisor for one of my clubs. We had a quiz for diagnostic, which was actually the worst that I've done on one so far. And I'm pretty sure we get to drop one. So that will definitely be my dropped quiz. It was just a lot of content. Like there was two lectures instead of one on this quiz. So it was like two hours of content rather than one hour. And that definitely reflected in my score. And then I went to hang out with some girls in my class that evening, which was so fun. There was like 25 people there. We just all ate dinner together and then played some games. And I've been going to Barcode, which is a workout studio. It's a chain of studios, but they have one here in Ann Arbor. I've been loving that. So I went almost every day this week, as many classes as I could fit into my schedule. And Tuesday was really nice because I didn't have to go into school until the evening for a club meeting. I got to just do all my classes and interactions with people over Zoom other than going to the workout class in the morning. And then on Wednesday, we had another practical in SimLab. We had to do a bridge prep. So now in lab, we're working on provisional or temporary bridges, which is a lot harder than temporary crowns. It requires like triple the amount of time to trim it down and make it look right. So that's something I'm working on. We had a lot of as the things in the evening. I know I mentioned the gala, but we also had a lunch and learn with Philip Sonicare for the D3s and D4s to get toothbrushes. We had the D1s Oral B lunch and learn. We had a social with another DSO at Pizza House, which was really tasty and fun. And then on Thursday, we had an executive committee meeting for like all 36 people that are involved in different committees in ASDA. And then it was Friday with the Oski and the gala. So that kind of catches you up to now. The weekend was really fun. I just spent it with Justin visiting because of the gala and then Saturday we were with my family for like half the day and then his family for half the day and then today on Sunday I got to go to another bar class and we did grocery shopping, church, hung out a lot, like much more of a relaxing day and then in the evening now I've just been getting some school stuff done and this podcast so pretty much just a few hours before you're all listening to this because it's Sunday night and you can listen as early as 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Monday morning if you didn't know. That's when these episodes go up. So that's our recap for the week. So let's get into the episode about preparing for clinic. Okay, jumping right in, just to give you an overview of the topics I wanted to talk about today that I thought would be possibly interesting how we are prepared for clinic at Michigan. So first, I'm going to read through all the classes that we've taken that are clinically relevant. I might give some tidbits about them if anything comes to mind. And then I'm going to talk about what we learned and practiced in restorative sim lab, what we practiced in complete dentures and removable partial dentures, what we did with perio, so like our profies, and then what we did with the OSCE this past Friday, and then I'll finish up with as much as I understand about what they expect of us this summer and what I'm planning to do over break to be ready to start bringing in patients come the very first week of May. So, As I mentioned, we're going to start with classes, so I'm just going to look over my transcript here and let you know what classes I think were relevant to, like, each patient appointment. Obviously, all of the body systems and everything, depending on patients, 
health conditions, it would be more relevant to certain people than other people, or it'd be really helpful for medical emergencies or just understanding how the body works in unique situations. But I'm talking like basic appointments. So our first semester of D1 year, I would say the only thing that was really useful would be dental head and neck anatomy because with your intra and extra oral exams, especially your extra oral exams, you're feeling along the sternocleidomastoid and the masseters and lymph nodes all along the neck and behind the ears and everything. So you definitely need to understand your anatomy. But of, I think we had, it looks like, eight or nine classes that semester. That's the only one that I feel like we use all the time with patients. Fall of my first year, I'm, again, just eyeballing how many classes there were, maybe like 13. And I would say all of our behavioral sciences, we have them pretty much every semester. They're actually very relevant for how you communicate with patients, showing empathy with patients, making patients comfortable, helping them understand the treatment plans, helping them actually have efficacy when it comes to their oral hygiene if you're giving them oral hygiene instructions how to improve at home like how to communicate that well with them to make them actually understand the need for it and then we also talk about all different kinds of patient backgrounds different mental struggles that people might be going through that could affect their dental care and I feel like that's very common there's certain other health conditions too like I said like maybe diabetes or hypertension that a lot of patients are on so that is pretty day-to-day care but anyways for the mental health and the patient communication we learn about that in all the behavioral science classes and that's when we had our first one was our d1 fall and dental anatomy and occlusion is very very relevant for your actual skills that you're doing having a proper occlusion is key to restorative success one of the keys to have the patients not be in pain to have things look and function properly and then I would say cariology one was also very clinically relevant and is also great for patient education how we're going to explain to the patients why what we're telling them is true why it matters what's the background on it scientifically clinically how can we tell them that brushing your teeth actually matters. Like, what's the answer? That's something we learned in that class. And then for winter of D1 year, so our last semester of D1 year, pharmacology I think is really clinically relevant, but unfortunately I don't think I took that much away from it. Like, I knew things in the moment when we were learning them, but there's a lot of stuff I don't know right now that I'm hoping um, as I keep seeing more and more drugs come up that are for common conditions, like I said, like I understand certain things that I see often, but there's still plenty of drugs out there that I would like to just look at and know rather than have to look it up really quick, which you're allowed to look things up when you see patients and you should because you have to fill out their health history form and write the significance to dentistry that that specific drug is. And then radiology, that was our first semester taking radiology, so that's also very common. We're not allowed to treat patients without dental radiographs, up-to-date dental radiographs, so starting to learn how to take them, what are the principles that you're looking at, what do radiographic errors look like, and how do you correct them. And then another behavioral science class, and then another karyology class. And then we also had our first perio class that was Fundamentals of Periodontics. And that was when we learned all of the different 
scalers and curettes and perioprobing and explorers and just how to use them to assess patients' periodontal health, which is like the first step of treatment for patients is to get their perio in check. In all of those semesters, we also had SimLab, but I'm not even talking about that yet because that's going to kind of be a separate topic, like I mentioned in the beginning when I gave you a little outline. So cruising along, we're already into my D2 year, so first semester as a D2. We had another pharmacology class, which was structured pretty much the same as the first one, so I, once again, understood things in the moment, but there's a lot I don't remember, which is unfortunate to me. But it is important because patients, when they show up, are on all kinds of drugs for all kinds of different situations. So, And then we also had treatment planning, which, again, is like pretty key to (laughs) – you can't really bring a patient in and treat them without having your treatment plan thought out and discussed with faculty and put in the computer and everything – And then we had periodontology one, just following up on more perio. Then we had periodontics. And then we had restorative, which is like lecture portion of SimLab. We had another behavioral science class. And we also had our first class that would lay the foundation for like oral lesions. It's probably the best way to explain it to my listeners. It was called neoplasia. So being able to notice what's not normal in the mouth and come up with differential diagnoses for what it could be and understanding if that needs to be biopsied or not, if it's going to go away on its own, what kind of product should we be prescribing, if anything. And then for D2 fall, so last semester, we had another perio class, like D2 year, most of these classes are clinically relevant, which is super cool. So I'm probably going to read off almost all of them. Um, but we had a periodontology 2 class. We had our first endodontics class. We had another periodontics class, another restorative lecture. We had a diagnostic sciences 2, which was following up on radiology. So diagnosing lesions, looking at x-rays, which is really, really useful because you had to understand what was normal anatomy versus abnormal anatomy and being able to analyze what was maybe going on, what was causing it, and what kind of further referral or treatment do we need to do. And every single time, like I said, you need to have radiographs to be able to treat patients at our school. And every single time you take a radiograph, you need to go through a systemic approach of analyzing it, looking at every single feature and making sure that it looks healthy and normal. And then we also had um, removable pros, so that was the um, complete denture lab, so that I will talk about in a little bit as well. We had another perio class, so three perio classes in one semester. And then we also had ortho. Ortho was one of my favorite classes. It was very well structured. I think I talked about it in probably like the mid-semester catch-up of my fall semester and also the summary episodes. You can listen to either of those if you want to know more. I did that every single semester of dental school, by the way. So if you want to know like D2 fall, just search that. Or if you want to know D1 summer, like my first semester, just search that and you should be able to see like a recap of how everything went, how exams went, how my grades turned out highs, lows, all of that. So that might be interesting to you if you're intrigued by the topics of this episode. And the semester that we're in right now, my D2 winter, last semester of my D2 year, we have occlusion fundamentals, which is 
really nice we had a lab to talk about temporomandibular joint disorder and how we can try to diagnose that we also talked about sleep apnea we can't diagnose that but we can notice it and give patients referrals for sleep studies and to see their physician and then we also have oral surgery we have another restorative lecture we have medically compromised patients we have oral medicine radiology we have another diagnostic sciences class but this one is more about oral lesions like visually clinically seeing them again and then we have what else um another ortho class we have pediatric dentistry we have another perio class we have another restorative lecture and then we also have our first like dental business class so those are the ones that are pretty clinically relevant which is actually like every single class that we're in so i just pretty much read off the whole thing other than our labs so that is telling you that as time progresses, you get more and more into completely clinically relevant curriculum, which I think is very key and I'm appreciative of that for sure. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about was what we've learned throughout all of our sim lab sessions and then also through our ACE clinic rotations. That's the easiest thing for me to sum them up as, but ACE is just a specific building lecture hall name for our school so that won't really mean anything if you go to another school it's advanced clinical education lab ace so in there i guess i'll just start with that and then i'll go back to what we did in sim lab but that's where we practice things on each other so we had one semester of radiology on the dexter mannequin in there and then after that we did all of our D2 year and our, I believe, D1 winter. So I think we've done four semesters of radiology rotation up in clinic, taking x-rays on patients. And also in ACE, we did our perio lab and rotation and everything. So we did basically one session on a perio type it on and then we would do one session of the same type of thing whether it was sickle scalers or curettes or perio charting we would do that on our classmates so we would practice once and then come back in a week or two whenever we were scheduled and work on our classmates so that was how we did perio and then we also had a handful of other rotations in there like oral medicine, the occlusion one, which I talked about, like TMD assessments, TMD, so that's the temporomandibular joint disorder, and then like occlusion labs, and we did two sessions of anesthesia lab, so stab lab, where we give each other the numbing injections. We also did the like blood glucose testing. We did some like in case of emergencies, you would do this type of training way at the beginning we did like the basics before you started assisting like how to set up a cubicle how to like don and off your ppe how to clean everything correctly so before you started assisting in clinic we did that and i think that's most of the rotations that we've done in ace lab and then i guess i also mentioned clinics i can talk about that too i think that's the biggest reason i feel like ready to go to start in clinic is just because i spent so much time in the D3D4 clinic assisting because we're required to not just me being a go-getter but like we're required to I did a little bit more than we're required to but not a ton more than we're required to 
but I still feel like I am familiar with some faculty and the biggest thing is I feel comfortable because I know a decent amount of third years and unfortunately the fourth years are all graduating, but I feel like I know enough students and my own classmates that I will have people to assist me, to kind of help me, and I've just seen how the faculty really do a great job of like instructing you but not just telling you how to do it or not doing it for you. Like they give you probing questions so you can kind of think through the solution on your own, but you can always phrase something like, oh, do you like to do this this way? Or what is your preference for something like this is a nice way to phrase something so the patient doesn't get freaked out, but that's kind of your way to tell the faculty, like, I don't actually know the right way to go about this um that's I think one of the biggest reasons though that I feel comfortable starting in clinic I know that I'm obviously gonna have a lot of things I don't know or a lot of things I have questions about of course but I just feel like I've done enough on these typodons I'm ready to work with patients I love getting to have conversations with patients when I'm assisting it's just way more like engaging and makes me more excited and I leave in a better mood than if I just like go drill for hours and hours on a typodont. So I'm just really looking forward to clinic and I think assisting is one of the big reasons that I feel ready and not as overwhelmed. I think again I'm not trying to sound naive like I know it's going to be a big adjustment and I'm going to have problems but I don't feel like I am going in with no knowledge. Like I definitely feel prepared to be at the stage that I'm at. And back to what I was going to talk about was the SimLab part. So we had what I always call SimLab, and then we have RPD, removable partial denture and complete denture. So when I say SimLab, it's like restorative. So our first year was all preps and restoration, so class one through class five. And we did a little bit of amalgam, even though you don't usually do that in clinic. We also tried doing GI so we know what that's like like the RMGI I guess is the correct word for that and then our D2 year has been all crown preps bridge preps temporary restorations then we also got to do a lot with the scanning system and CEREC and crown design and we were able to design a crown and get it fabricated in the lab like milled out and see how nicely that fits which was really cool we did a lot of like diagnostic mounting oh we also had an ace lab about that lots of like impressions and mounting on your articulators and everything with our classmates impressions and also just with like impressions of our typodonts so I definitely feel a lot more familiar with that I really didn't even know how to pour up an impression well or any idea how to mount I'm still not that confident with like a face bow transfer but again, more confident than I was at the beginning of this year. So that's something. I'm sure when I do it on like two more patients, I'm going to feel good about it. That's just the thing. Like it just takes a few attempts at something to feel like, okay, like I can manage my way through this. And you still have to get checked so, so, so often through like all these little steps. So it's hard to mess something up in a way that's irreversible. Like they don't really let that happen with with the way that the checks are required in clinic so you don't need to be too worried because you're already going to be pretty conservative and go slow with things not overdo anything because you can't get tooth structure back once you get rid of it and everyone knows that so I don't think that there's going to be too many um really really bad situations happening I think everything will just be more like 
a situation that I might have to call over faculty to work through something that maybe I couldn't finish properly or I might need them to help me adjust something but I think that the way the systems are set up it does avoid big issues which is obviously important because we're working with real people and then we had besides restorative we have dentures so our first semester of that was d2 fall and which was last semester so we did complete dentures basically like a case all the way through as much as you can without a real patient so we couldn't actually border mold which was frustrating because I'm still not like that confident in it because I've never done it I assisted a border molding appointment once but it was before I really knew what it was So I was also kind of lost. Like if I assisted one now, I think I would gain a lot more from it because I would be trying to like quiz myself as we went through it. But we did as many of the steps as we could. It was just confusing because you weren't with a real patient. So you'd sometimes skip steps or do steps out of order of what you would do for a normal process of making a denture. And then I just really disliked having to like set the denture teeth myself in the wax rims. That was just not enjoyable (laughs) um but I got through the class and then this semester we worked on removable partial dentures so that means the patient has some teeth left but not all their teeth so then you have to design different metal frameworks to accommodate whatever teeth that patient wants replaced and that's been a little bit better it's a lot more challenging in the sense that there's a bunch of different ways you could do it versus complete denture like there's a right way and there's a wrong way With RPD, there's definitely a lot of wrong ways, but there's also multiple right answers, which is good and bad. Like sometimes that can be confusing because you might be comparing with a friend and you have different ideas, but they could still both be right technically, but usually there is like a better answer, which I appreciate. Like I like to just know like, okay, what's the right way to do it? So I can try to learn that and replicate it, but it's not so simple because everyone's mouths and bone that they have left and like how deep their vestibules are and the inclination of their teeth which teeth they have left how their occlusion is like all that's different and when they have teeth remaining you have to work with the teeth that they have and that's why all these cases are so different and I'm (laughs) dreading but also excited for when I get my first denture cases in clinic because dreading it because I just have not enjoyed it (laughs) in the sim lab portion And it's definitely challenging, so that's why I'm dreading it. But I'm looking forward to it because I know once I get through one or maybe two, it's going to make a lot more sense. And I won't be dreading it so much. I might not enjoy it. It might not be what I want to focus my general dentistry practice on one day. I would be very surprised. But hopefully I feel confident enough to keep doing them during dental school is my point. Because we have to. I don't really get a choice with that. And our last topic of this episode is how they're assessing if we're ready for clinic. So first things first, I mentioned all those sim lab classes. So restorative, crown and bridge, dentures, like passing those in your practicals and your exams is obviously part of showing that you're ready for clinic and then passing and not being on like probation or anything with all your lecture classes up until this point is obviously part of being ready for clinic. But they also have this exam called an OSCE. So that's an abbreviation. It's O-S-C-E. And for us, it's actually not any clinical skills because our practicals are kind of assessing that as we go through first and second year. But it's a written exam. It was five sections. 
So the first was perio, and then we had prosthodontics, we had restorative, we had treatment planning, and then we had a Zoom, which is our standardized patient interaction. We have several of those per semester, so it's basically a patient actor, and then you have a different scenario. So we've done some on smoking cessation, on just reviewing a health history, treatment planning. We've done some with like endodontic pain. We've done some with obstructive sleep apnea. Um, We're about to do one between our classmates so not with an actor but about um, a patient having like bulimia or a patient a child with like high caries risks which is a chance for you to practice how you would have a dialogue with a patient regarding these situations and like questions a patient might ask how to be able to respond to them whether they're more typical or whether they're more aggressive or whether they're not being compliant with your treatment um, options so those are actually really useful they're kind of annoying in the moment but like looking back they're only helping like they're not actually as annoying as they might feel day of when you're like waiting to get let into the zoom room and you're like nervous to meet with this fake patient but all in all, like, I would rather have that conversation in a setting where it doesn't matter if I do bad than with a real patient. So I'm glad that I had those experiences. But we had one for the OSCE as well. And then we had like a little reflection, a couple questions about it. And that was that. It was on Friday. I don't know if I passed all of them yet. Like, I know most of my scores for the ones that were multiple choice and some of the sections had um, short answer questions, like five short answer questions. So those aren't graded yet. And then apparently, like, you could get, like, seven out of eight correct but still have to remediate if the one you missed is, like, a really important flagged question where you would be not safe to be with patients basically so if you get those wrong you just meet with the faculty and they go through the exam with you and make sure that you fully understand everything you got wrong that way you're safe to be with patients so that was OSCE since we took it on Friday I don't have my results back yet but I mean I felt fine about it I wouldn't be surprised if there was like one or two concepts I was fuzzy on like I would rather meet with this faculty and discuss it than not be clear when I'm with patients. And last thing I wanted to talk about is as much as I know so far about what they expect of us this summer. So I know that we have an orientation to clinic that Monday, the first Monday of May, but they want us to have patients scheduled that week. So my understanding is that they're going to start adding patients to our like scheduling system all throughout April as the D4s are meeting with their patient care provider um, person it's called like a PCC patient care coordinator that's what it stands for so they're people that work for the school that manage the different clinics and the D4s meet with them and say oh this case is pretty complex it should go to an incoming fourth year in my vertical team this case um, they would do better with the incoming D3 and then I get assigned patients as that goes And apparently then I'm supposed to be scheduling them and bringing them in for exams or whatever their current treatment needs are during my April break. That way they're scheduled starting that first week of May, second week of May, and I have some appointments to go on. I don't know how many appointments we're going to get. It's hard to compare because they changed the clinic schedule where there's three appointments a day instead of two But they also had clinics closed for construction and for, like, social distancing and things back when my roommates were starting their third year. So I don't know how many appointments we're going to be able to do per week. I would think maybe, like, three or four, given that we are scheduled for, like, 
three, like two and a half, I would say, academic days in the summer. We already got our class schedule and then the other days of the week of the five, we can be scheduling patients. So I would think we can schedule like three or four a week, but I don't know yet. That's why you guys got to keep tuning into the podcast every week to see. And that kind of already answered the last thing I mentioned in the outline, just like what I'm planning over break, basically going through our scheduling system, seeing my patients on there and trying to get some people scheduled before break, before my D4 vertical graduates. I'm hoping to do a phone call with her, meet her for coffee or something just to go over the patients that she is passing down to me. Um, maybe we can even have the current D3 come. So it'd be me, D2, D3, D4. We can maybe all meet up and just discuss the patients because maybe eventually she's giving some of the harder cases to the current D3 that's rising. But when that person graduates, maybe their care is still not done and then they'll get passed down to me still. Basically, I just want to meet with my vertical team and get background info on the patients I'm going to be getting. That way I can be as prepared for them and do my research ahead of time and make sure that I have all my options ready to present to them so that I can seem and be prepared when I'm communicating with the patient, communicating with the faculty, and just do the best care that I can because, I mean, don't we all want to do as good as possible for our patients and be competent, but even be better than that is really the goal. So that's probably what I'll end this episode on just because I don't know too, too many specifics about what's going to be going on this summer, but that is why you'll have to tune into future episodes every Monday morning. Thank you so much for listening this week. Next week, we'll be back with another guest. So I will talk to you then.